The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Back to old school with DP and J. Welcome back to Old School, the Brothers Johnson. St. George. Strawberry Letter 22. I actually called it 23, even though the verb, the lyrics in the song are Strawberry Letter 22. But they named the song Strawberry Letter 23. One of the great bass players of all time. You hear that? That's his thumb. Snatching your soul. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Hey, real quick, greatest baseline all, all music. What's the greatest baseline? Who has it? Larry Graham. Larry Graham, what song? Uh, Feel the Need. Or, okay. or, uh, oh, what's the one that uh, HBCUs use? Uh, GCS, the, the uh, baddest group. From east to west. All right. What about Staples singers? Beginning of that song. Pops is serious. Pop Staples okay. is serious. What about for What about for the love of money? Good start. Good start. But Larry Graham was so unique in that. First of all, think cool. Everything Sly and the Family Stone was Larry Graham. Yeah. So the funkiest band in history of 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 of, of our country had Larry Graham as a bass player. Yeah, I got that. I was just wondering about the bass lines and different songs, like, you know. Well, no. Well, no, no, no. He would would tell you, and he would drop down. He'd say, on bass. (laughs) (laughs) Like, he had the voice to match, and then he he thumped you out until you couldn't do it anymore. So, that's Larry Graham. Graham Central Station, if you folks that don't know. Um, Barry, we talked about on break coaches and I asked Jay this thing right that defenses especially great defenses winning defenses have a, a a boundary a line that they set for the number of points that they can allow and for this team to guarantee a win most great defenses will tell you we're not letting anybody score but we also know that stuff happens and you better have a plan on the other side of it Nebraska's dealing with some of this now in that you have to define as a as a Big Ten offense how many points you're going to have to put up to give your team a chance to win, right? How much friction happens between quarterback coach and head coach about that number and the philosophy behind it? <laughs> well, I, I think in large part it depends on whether you have an offensive coach or a defensive coach. You know, one of the interesting things about Brady's career, jump aside, is when he went to Tampa and the Aarons was there, he said that was the first time in his football career that he had an offensive head coach. Hmm. How about that? Yeah. So, yeah. so yeah, that, that that way that the game is going to be prosecuted, it, it matters a lot the perspective of the guy that's structuring the game. Um, but there, the, the one of the things that's really unique, and I think, and I hate to mention it, but one of the, one of the things that, that Kansas City, the team in Kansas City, 
and that quarterback, who I don't know his name, but he <laughs> seems like he's decent. It seems like he might have a chance. Is they they put pressure on you by scoring the ball? Because when you look at the pantheon of teams, not every team is effective at scoring the ball. So yes, you need defense. Yes, you have to be able to run the ball, but it's the efficiency in which you can score the ball offensively that really puts pressure on teams in football, and I'm convinced in basketball as well. Your 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 offensive efficiency, the way that you can sometimes you know some the eight or twelve you know play drive you know that's a great thing, but that's a lot of work to score the ball. I'm not saying be impatient. But there are other teams that can get that done in four, or they can get it done in six, or they can get it done in one. And then you have to fight against the defense and struggle. Maybe that possession doesn't go right. You punt. They got field position. And then here comes an offensive efficiency again. So scoring the ball, particularly in football, and I thoroughly believe in basketball too. You know me. Uh, the efficiency in which you score puts a tremendous amount of pressure on the team that you're playing. Jay, when you when you hear that, right? That right. as a defensive team, you game plan based on their explosiveness. You know, listen, <laughs> we can have three really good downs. Yeah, but we've had one bad down. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think really to be honest with you, it's you know, I think it's it has to be holistic. It has to be all three because how aggressive or non-aggressive you are on special teams should correlate to how you play offense and play defense. And so, you know, like when we played, you know, for instance, Barry, when we, you know, when you were facing Peyton Manning or Tom Brady, when he was in, you know, just starting to take off, you knew one, that they were going to be able to score points. Then two, when it got down tight, especially with Tom Brady, he was going to stick the dagger in your heart. So then you should be calling offensive plays with the assumption or with the hope of keeping him on the sideline, you know, um, one thing I wanted to ask you about Purdue, um, and then to just kind of put your defensive hat on, or explain it from the offensive side of the ball. That might be even better. Like for me, a team like Purdue, I love playing against Purdue because it was it was it was a it's it's going to be always a physical challenge, but it's a mental challenge, right? Can you continue to do your play your concepts and and communicate effectively to actually put the pressure back on them and actually eliminate what? they somewhat do well or what they do really well, which is Jeff Brom and his play calling, taking advantage of inept defensive coordinators and inept defensive players' ability to just do the basics. So at Purdue, one of their biggest passing plays is what I used to call or what we used to call as a defense levels concept, right? It's pretty much – I call it the okey-doke, you know, taking the cheese – you know, chasing your tail, banana in the tailpipe. They'll run two cross. They'll, they'll run two cross. I mean, this is stuff I used to see in high school. Right. And we actually right. ran it, right? It's two crossers, right. whether it's, you know, the tight end to the boundary and the, the other tight end or number three to the wide side of the field or the number two to the wide side of the field. And one of the two or three runs a level route. So if it's against zone, it's going to be – you know, a tight end running a to say a ten to twelve or maybe fifteen yard in, sit down against zone, or he'll run like a deep over route against man. Like if yeah. I can see this as a forty six year old man, right, that don't know yeah. much, yeah. Um, yeah. and they keep running it over and over and over. Now they'll dice up yeah. the formations, you know that, you know yeah. that other yeah. stuff. 
and, you know, and, and by the way, you have Marvin Harrison running the, the short five-yard route. Yeah, well, yeah, when I played it, but Barry, they got slick and they put homeboy in there and ran the deep over route. Now Jay Foreman was on a, on his horse and they had a pass <laughs> breakup against him. And then the linebacker coach said, "Well, what? Why? Because when the RCA dome turf back then was hard, right?" Yeah, He's like, well, yeah. why'd you get up so slow? Bro, I was in yeah. fifth gear while he was in second <laughs> to have, make make a pass-up breakup. And then when I hit the ground, both knees just went right to the concrete. Like, <laughs> while you sitting on the sideline having me cover a dude and have the safeties covering deep. Well, anyways, that's another conversation. Right. Talk right. about the mindset of produce play calling. Now- Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. They do run other plays, but that's their bread and butter, right? And they what do. they – You go back to Peyton Manning when he was a Tom Moore. Yep. They ran that concept. To, to death. death. It was – right? They ran they China ran route in that all day long. Right down the field. Right. And, and so what, what Peyton did and what a play caller is doing – He's watching how you play the tight end. Yeah, that's what Peyton. Is. He, all he needed to know was how how were you going to play the tight end, and then he had all the answers in the pass game. So whatever concept it is, right? And it, it, it just you know, it gets bandied around a lot. Hey, keep it simple, right? Keep it simple. Keep it simple and players play fast. Well, that's a great offensive example where they have a very simple concept and. You can you can run the players through all the different variables that they're going to see, and as a play caller, right, you kind of understand hey, that if they're taking this away, they're giving me something else. So if you're going to do that, I'll go over here, and the only reason why I'll go over here is because I want to get back to what we do. Um, air raid offenses are kind of constructed that way. That's why they have you know kind of wide sets of people run it. The concepts are very simple. And they know that when you start to take something away, this is what's going to be available to them. Um, think of another Pascal. Um, Norm Chow, the triangle read. You know, triangles yep. are very difficult, especially in high school. Triangles to the outer third are very difficult to defend. Now, you move up a level, I give you triangles in the middle of the field, and the quarterback's going to understand you're really going to be in trouble, right? Very, very simple concepts that let the quarterback understand you know, pre-snap, post-snap, where to go with the ball. And you just get a lot of effectiveness out of it. And um, uh, and it's the same thing defensively, right? There's only so many fronts, so many coverages. And there are defenses that will base out of certain coverage, you know. And I don't know if you can do it anymore, but, you know, there was not too long ago, there were there were defensive coordinators that they would play 4-3, cover 4, no matter what you did. And they were having success because the players could identify everything that, they wanted to do out of that, and they could play fast. So um, I think that's just a great example of that, you know, that, that it makes it easy for them. And, um, you know, like you said, you got to tackle and you got to decide what you want to give up. Right. And, you and take away. I yeah. want to ask you this, Barry, because I think, like, in, in my, you know, humble, you know, no knowledge opinion, right, that, that <laughs> just has been jettisoned to the radio. Right. Um, I think I, I, I'm a firm believer you can run man and, and zone against Purdue. And I'm a, I, I'm a, 
a firm believer of running variety of variations of zones of one coverage, right? So whether it's right. primarily, let's just say cover four. Mm-hmm. Talk about how confusing it could be for an offensive coordinator or quarterback where you say, you know, so for me, if I was – I would run what we used to call cover six, and just based on mm-hmm. the formation, we yeah. we run four to one, yeah. cover four to one side, right. two on the back, four plus two yeah. equals yeah. six for you people yeah. out there. Or we could just run cover six or cover four, and just have a call if you have a, a three by one in, in the back away from you. Essentially, we could shift that quarter coverage to inside type of man bail. Don't let any skinny posts, and we're going to make you throw a back shoulder fade or you know, a deep fade route, and we're just going to try to push you to the sideline, i.e. having yeah. that other defender. Talk about the matchup zone, right, which I yeah. like to do. And there's two different yeah. ways to play a matchup zone in, in my book, right? Matchup right. zone, you communicate, take the guy when he comes into your zone, especially, you know, within depending on down and distance. Or what I also like to matchup zone is if you are at a um, foot deficiency, deficiency, so me against Marvin Harrison – me right. against, uh, you know, plethora of Antoine Randall, L, Travis South. Kelsey, so forth yeah, and so on. I liked right. playing triangle or bo- or box, right? Three on two, right. four right. on one. It allows you to be really aggressive on undercover, under under routes, which Purdue likes to, you know, make hay on. But then also right. it gives me enough confidence that I know I have Barry and DP in the cover four playing the up, up the field. Now what it also allows me to do and correct me if I'm wrong, is to throw off your timing because now this allows me to be ultra-aggressive when I want to jam you within five yards. But then it also right. helps you in the run game because I have eyes looking at the quarterback and jamming you with my peripheral vision. Talk about how those three conceptual yeah. – in, in, at different times in the field can really right. uh, hurt an offense like Purdue if run correctly – and they're, right. you know, to me and you, they're pretty simple, but they're all based on well, communication. Yeah. So then you're, now you're getting into the chess match between coordinators, right? So, right. You know, as I'm listening to you, that, what's coming to my mind is um, I'm shifting and I'm adding motion. So I'm going to force you to communicate those coverages. I'm not going to come out in the set and let you guys go ahead and two by one in the back here and we know exactly what we're doing. So now, right? So now you get into that part of the game. And when you do that, you know, um, most college defenses aren't built that way to kind of handle all that stuff. They give you a tight you need, you need to be buried. Hey, we were huh? doing that way back in 1994. I know, Jay, <laughs> but you've been watching TV like me, right? Yep. Okay, all right. Yeah, yeah, I, I feel you. I feel you. They, they run a straight seven-on-seven coverages. Yes, exactly. And then, you know, you personnel groups, right? So, But from an offensive perspective, standpoint you know there, there's only at the college level there's only so much offense a, a quarterback can carry into a game and be effective now the pro level right you can ask him to carry more offense into the game right because he's the one that's going to be orchestrating calling the checks and getting you in and out you know what i mean mm-hmm. so you know right now bring it down to my level we're playing a team that like the you know every now and then not a bare front for the tnt front Right. Right. So we have a couple of checks here that we see that and early in the week it was to the open side, but now we just find like I'm giving stuff away, but you know, there's checks to the tight end side. Um, we also have a simple switch of call for our guy, you know, based on where the one technique is and play that we're running. So, you know, we couldn't have given that to this guy in August. Right. 
there, but now we can give it to him now as he's making it through his junior year. And I would think offensively, you know, yes, it's sound stuff. It right. can absolutely be done. Um, but you're just getting into the numbers part of the game, right? If I can outnumber you where I think you're going to be at the point of attack, make things tough for you, then it's a question, well, can I counter that? Right? Can right. I can I get stuff going the other way? Can I boot? Can I, you know, give you a personnel group that's going to give me an alignment issue, right? So even right. if that, if I go tight bunch, right, and I've got some plays out of that, right. like you're going to have some alignment issues. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that, it'd be fun to... Watch yeah, we'd be in a little chess match there, the Barry, J, the Jay Foreman, the Jay Foreman knuckleheads against against you. We, I try to confuse. You. I think against Purdue. Talk yeah. about this. Like I think you can mix in a little bit of three man rush with Caleb being in there, and then sometimes yeah. almost rush to make Aiden O'Connell to get off his spot, knowing he's not going to beat you by running. So, right, yeah. right. Hey, B, we're Get gonna we're gonna throw it to break. We'll load it up. You know how we close it. We'll find out what you're cooking. We'll find out okay. next. With Barry Thompson. You're listening to Old School with DP and J. Download the mobile app and listen wherever you are on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.